0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor behind the steel with you for another episode of the Steelers post game. And it is a depressing one. If you're a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you just won your 10th game for the first time since like 1997. You punched your ticket to the postseason. Meanwhile, the Steelers, after a 17 to 10 loss, are now facing if they want to control their own destiny must-win situations in Week 16 and 17. We'll talk about that today, or I should say tonight, or maybe even this morning, depending on where you're watching. With me, as always, my boy Lance Williams. Lance, what is going on?
1: What's happening, Steeler Nation? Hopefully I sound better, smoother with these brand-new microphones that we were all gifted, and thank Mm -hmm. you, Jeff, for that. Yeah. Uh, And so hopefully we sound suave and debonair.
0: Yeah, it's it. I think the sound quality is tremendous. I hope everyone enjoys it. It, We they deserve good content like we deserve new microphones. There you go. So with that being said, let's get right to the game. Lance, we always go through this the same way. Knee jerk reactions after the game ended. Devlin Hodges throws his fourth interception and it's a it's a wrap.
1: What's your immediate thought that the luck that the Steelers are extremely lucky to be the sixth seed with two weeks to go controlling their destiny when you've had Mason Rudolph and Devlin Duck Hodges as your quarterbacks for, what, 12 of the 14 games? Mm -hmm. Um, So in light of the Christmas season and trying to be positive and being optimistic, which is rare for me, (laughs) is that I still sound optimistic after all of this because of, we'll talk about, um, the performance of the Houston Texans. So not a good football game. You know, the the quote that Tom said back in the day of just don't kill us resonates, you know, in this particular ball game. But with that, the positive side of that coin is they still control their destiny. They're still the sixth seed. And if you win next week against the Jets, you know, there's a good chance that you might be that sixth seed.
0: Yeah, because a lot's gonna hinge on the Tennessee Titans and they don't have an easy schedule remaining. They go to They play the Saints, and then they finish up with the Texans. I'm not sure venue for those games. We'll talk about that this upcoming week.
1: Well, let me just tell you, Jeff, for the Texans game, it will be in Houston. They played in Tennessee today. Okay, so we know that for sure. So, But
0: still, you don't want it to have to come down to tiebreakers. If the Steelers win out, they should win. I believe they're in. I'll double-check on that. The game just ended. I'm trying to wrap my head around all this stuff. But uh, if we're looking at winners and losers here, Lance, it's easy to go losers first. And so we're going to go losers first. So (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go with a loser. And it's a guy that has gotten too much credit for me this year. And boy, he stunk it up tonight. And that would be Jordan Barry. Uh, In the first half, it was a a booming 22-yard punt that set up the, the, the Bills' first score. And he followed it up with a lot of other stinkers. It was not a good day for Jordan Berry. And I saw someone said this on Twitter. I'm not sure who it was. If I did, I would give them credit. But it was the situation where if I would, if Jordan Berry's punt was so bad in the first half, it was just like a turnover, you know. So right, it's it was it was awful, and he was bad. I think he would admit that he was bad. It just seemed like on a night where the Bills' defense was getting three and outs. They were getting off the field quickly. The Steelers were getting off the field, but it wasn't a three and out. They, they didn't have many of those tonight. You were hoping to get that field flipping punt. And we I've talked about the importance of that. You look at some of the great punters in this league, and they do that. They have that 55-yarder that pins, pins them back inside the 20. They never got that, and it just was bad. And so I know the easy pickings here in terms of losers. I went with Jordan Berry, who's your
1: loser? I mean, it's obviously, you know, Devlin Duck Hodges. And it's – it's. I feel bad dumping on the kid. I mean, he is what he is. It's been a great story. And uh, I still urge you to buy the T-shirts that Jeff is putting out. Those are great quality (laughs) T-shirts. And, you know, if you don't want to make them uh, stocking stuffers, you know, maybe you can use them as car towels. You know, you can dry your car, you know, something – But just grab a T-shirt. But yeah, I hate to pile on to the kid. It's a rough outing. He is what he is. You know, He's an undrafted guy with physical limitations. I think a lot of that showed in terms of arm strength and ball placement. Um, So I think he's the low-hanging fruit. But let me give you one more, Jeff. And I'm going to take one of the numbers that I wanted to talk about. And we'll jump into that number again because I want to get your comments about it. But I'm using this just to give evidence for my losers. It's Randy Featner. In a game like this, where this is clearly a field position type game, field position defensive type game, you can't run it 15 times and throw it 38 times with Devlin Duck Hodges. You can't do it. That play distribution, I think, set the young man up for failure. And indeed, he took the bait and he did not play well.
0: He did not play well, but let's talk about that play distribution for a second. I feel like the Steelers offensively from a game plan standpoint did what I actually suggested that they do. And that is you have to come out and do something different. This defense is not the Bengals. This defense is not the Arizona Cardinals, two of the worst defenses in the league that were part of this three game winning streak leading up to this game. I kept on saying they have to try to think outside the box and it made me see that maybe Devlin Hodges, well, we know he has his limitations. Okay. We'll just, I, we know he has his limitations. He was undrafted for a reason, but at the same time, maybe I, Randy Feetner still bothers me. I'll say that. And Lanza like the little duck there, but at the same time, I, I look at this and say, well, maybe there's a reason why the play calling has been predictable. Maybe there's a reason why the play calling has been really, really poorly scripted. And it's because, what we, what we saw tonight. You sling it around the yard against a good defense, and if you have those bad passes, like, for instance, the first interception by, I'm sorry, the second interception by Tredavious White, that was a poorly thrown out route to De, Deontay Johnson. That's an easy interception for any, most cornerbacks, let alone one of the best in the in the NFL in Tredavious White. So um, how much, when you look at it in that perspective, through that lens, do you still put on Randy Featner as a play caller And maybe just looking at the fact that his offense is very limited. I'll
1: put it on Randy Feetner as a play caller. I still don't think that uh, absolves him. I think, you know, more than any of us, he knows what he has in terms of Devlin, Duck Hodges. And you've got to craft a game plan around what he can do. I mean, that's your responsibility as the coordinator. And so, you know, maybe the acronym in Pittsburgh should be JDKU, just don't kill us. I mean, yeah, maybe I mean maybe it's about that. And I and I've and I've said, you know, I've coined a little bit of a phrase here on this show, hashtag aggressively conservative. But I think the game plan has to be built around running the football, taking selective shots, but it has to be with the perspective as a punt is not a bad thing. Because they're just not playing clean enough football to really support a guy like Devlin Hodges. I mean you know, and there's another number we're going to get into. So it, it, they're going to have to play cleaner football. But ultimately, I think it's still on Randy Featner. You have to find some things that the young man does well and does confidently. And throwing it outside the numbers from the opposite hash might not be one of those things. Although I think the ball placement was really poor on that throw.
0: So who else would be a loser on your list tonight, Lance? From what perspective? Off Just anybody in general? Could be a unit, could be a specific player, anyone.
1: Well, I think the obvious ones were Barry. I think the obvious ones were, uh, to me, Feetner, as well as um, Devlin Doug Hodges. I would say Terrell Edmonds. Um, a lack of awareness on that play. I mean, that's the coverage call is not bad. He's just not aware. That play essentially was just completed in front of him. It's almost like his brain stopped processing. He reacted extremely late. And they complete that ball in front of them. I mean, that's a poor play there. Um, so that would be my other guy that I would be the, uh, the the goat, so to speak.
0: Yeah, Edmonds did. Edmonds does what Edmonds does. You know, I mean, he's he's still a second year player. You can definitely tell that. I'm not going to create excuses for him, but on that touchdown pass to the tight end, you could definitely see in a regular replay, mind you. Barron passes him off the tight end off to the safety and you're in the red zone. It's not like you're having to cover the deep quarter of the field <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't go to the ball and he gets beat. And so, you know, they asked Tomlin about it and Tomlin said, well, it was a great play on their part. And that's not to take away from the bills offense, but it was also a poorly run play on Terrell Edmonds uh, in, in that respect. I want to go ahead. Think about it this way,
1: Jeff Allen is not a good quarterback. I think we see that. I think we see that the difference between Hodges and Allen is um, Allen has a, has a much better physical tool set and he's, he's quicker running out of the pocket and making some plays with his legs, but they're both not really good players and things have to be clear and defined for Josh Allen to hit. You know, if there, if it's, if it's a tight window throw or if it looks a little fuzzy, He's not making that plays. For him to get completions, it has to be wide open and defined. And it's unfortunate the Steelers gave him a wide open play. My opinion on that play, I would have dialed up pressure. I would have dialed up pressure and and made him process a lot faster. Because I think Chris Collinsworth so astutely did in the broadcast tonight was illustrated how his mechanics break down under pressure. And, and, And I thought they could have done a little bit more in those situations and trying to apply some pressure via blitz, not just the four-man pass rush.
0: They didn't dial up pressure a lot. I mean, the, and, and that's something that they haven't done a lot of, has come to find out, to do some research. Thanks to the people in the live chat earlier this week when I said that the Steelers blitz a lot. And they said, Well ways? No, they don't. You look up the stats. I want to say that coming into this game, they only blitzed about 22%. So, um yeah, not not very good. So Viper, he puts $5 in the tip chart. We'll get that up on the screen. He said, Feetner only got the job because of Ben every week. Abandoned the run and let's pass 50 times and run the Wildcat all night. I will say the Wildcat. It's reached his shelf life. It's yeah. time to let's just put that in the back room and leave it there for another five years. But
1: Red zone turnovers, I mean.
0: Well, not just the red zone. I mean, you have plays like you have a big play like that. Steven Nelson interception. That's a game changing play. And the next play from scrimmage, you run a wildcat play with James Connor, who I don't believe has run a wildcat option play since week four Monday night football against Cincinnati to Deontay Johnson, which he's never handed off to him. The snap was low. That's something that's been plaguing Pouncy for a lot, a lot this year. And they give the ball right back just like that, just like that. And it's, it's just situational stuff. You know, you even go into, I mean, the Steelers punt the ball to the, uh, bills tied up 10, 10, they run renegade in the stadium. What happens right down the field, John Brown abuses, Steven Nelson. And I, I just, this team leaves me scratching my head so much. It's ridiculous. And uh, to be honest with you, it's every, there's so much blame to go around. Randy Feetner, um, Devlin Hodges gets plenty. Even if you want to go to the minutia, you know you have that completion to, uh, I think it was Nick Vanette with less than a minute left, no timeouts. And with 20-some seconds, you spike the ball, you stop the clock, you run a play. Instead, what do they do? He's sending James Washington to motion. Awful. Defensively, Lance, when you look at things, what were your thoughts on the defense? Like I said, they they didn't they didn't have a lot of three and
1: outs, but I I don't know it. it just seemed like well, some of that some of that we we can talk about in, in, in the numbers. And, but I want I, I want to get to uh, a comment from getting bent with Bo. He okay. wrote, "You Yenzers are terrible." I knew that as soon as Duck had a bad game, you would be calling for his job. This is for. <laughs> This is this is for you, Bo. I brought out the duck. I, look, I and I hope you heard me say it, Bo. I hate to criticize the young guy. He is what he is. I you know, I I think that the coordinators again put him in a tough situation where he has to throw the ball 38 times against a defense as good as the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you've got to help a kid out. You can't put the, that much of the game in his hands. I mean, you have to run the ball better and run the ball more effectively. So, you know, I'm not jumping off the duck bandwagon and by no mean, or the duck wagon, I should say, and by no means do I want Mason Rudolph to be the starter next week against the jets. It just is what he is. He had a difficult game. And I think if you were to talk to duck tomorrow, he'd tell you he played poorly and he did. Yeah.
0: Eddie b puts two dollars in the tip chart and says someone throws to Washington please James Washington is a winner believe me he is a winner he's had a tremendous second half of the season who's really kind of reinvented himself um you know he's done a good job we'll get to winners here in a second crazy Chris puts 499 in the tip jar. So can we appreciate two things tonight after the loss TJ Watts play ability big playability in the quarterback position but I'm all in on the next season 2020 here we go. TJ Watt, let's talk about TJ Watt for a little bit, Lance. This guy, is there anything he can't do? I mean, he's batting down passes at the line of scrimmage. He's forcing fumbles. He is, well, last week intercepting passes. He is sacking the quarterback. He's punching Josh Allen in the gut when he's running with the ball, which I thought was hysterical. (laughs) He whiffed, he whiffed. But your thoughts on TJ Watt, is he defensive player of the year or worthy of it?
1: He's worthy of it, but he will not be defensive player of the year. The defensive player, I think, is Stephon Gilmore, cornerback for that team up north. I think I think Stephon Gilmore probably cemented it today with the two interceptions against um, the Bengals. But T.J. Watt, I think, is first-team All-Pro. And the only thing he can't do is play quarterback.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. He's, he's tremendous. He's fun to watch awesome that he's on a member is a member of the Steelers and um it's this loss I if you want to look for if we're going Homer and hater here and you have a silver lining in this cloud is it is that this is probably the best defense the Steelers have faced since they played the San Francisco 49ers in the Bay Area Lance would you agree I mean they did play Baltimore early in the season but this Buffalo defense—they yeah, yeah. came in with a good plan against a, a rookie quarterback. That's exactly what it was. Let's not put too much stock into it. They brought, they they lined, they loaded the line of scrimmage. They had him guessing where the pressure was going to come from, who was coming, who was dropping. They did what the Steelers typically do to rookie quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, absolutely. I mean, the Buffalo Bills have been playing solid defense under McDermott for the last two years. I mean, that's why. They're back. And that's why you guys, when you did your show last week, talked about teams being mirror images. I mean, they both have inexperienced quarterbacks. They want to rely on a running game and play defense. And Buffalo does it very well. Um, I I don't envision Buffalo being successful in the playoffs because at some point in time, your quarterback has to make plays. And it's hard to to rely on a defense to be that good to get you through a long stretch playoff run you know, as a wild card. So, but the teams are built very similar right now. But I think the thing that also helped the Bills was that on top of the fact that you have Hodges as the quarterback, you don't have Juju Smith-Schuster. You have a very inexperienced wide receiver core, and you're just now getting James Conner back. So along with having a very inexperienced signal caller, you have inexperienced wide receivers and other guys at the skill positions.
0: So let's talk about the elephant in the room right now. You mentioned this a little bit before, um, but I'll, I'll put this up here because Kyle Smith puts $5 in the tip. Tree. He said, I would like Steeler fans to be consistent. Rudolph was not getting these excuses. And I think ducks four interceptions were actually worse than Mason's four. He's referring to the week 11 game. Mike Tomlin was already asked about this. And that was in his post-game press conferences. Who's your quarterback next week? Lance, you alluded to this answer already. You think the Devlin Hodges will be the quarterback next week, but since you already said that, is his lease shorter? Because if you recall, it was the midway point of the, the Bengals game. If he comes out and is putting up a stinker in the first half of the Jets game, do they yank him and put in Mason Rudolph again?
1: You know, because of the importance of the Jets game, I want to say yes, but no. I don't trust Mason Rudolph. I mean, I just don't trust Mason Rudolph. You know, I'm, I'm a San Francisco Giant fan. I'm a Pittsburgh Pirate fan as well. I don't know if you guys in the live chat are, from, are familiar with Rob Ninn. Rob Ninn was a closer for the Giants. And if you were a Giant fan back in the day when Rob Ninn was a closer for the Giants, you panicked every time Rob Ninn went in. You just, he gave you no confidence to close games, although he closed a bunch of games. None of you in the live chat have any confidence that Mason Rudolph is going to go on the road, put on the cape, and beat the Jets. You just have to call a better game plan for Devlin Hodges. And, you know, maybe we weren't as critical on Mason Rudolph. And the reason why is I think Devlin Hodges has played better than Mason Rudolph. And Mason and Devlin and Devlin Hodges over the last few weeks have put the Steelers in a position to be eight and six with the six seed, and, and I, you know, it's hard for me to be a hater this particular episode because of the number six, and we'll talk about that when we get into the number segment. All right, so vodka
0: drinker puts five dollars in the tip charges as our offensive line got punked again by a top defense. Thoughts on the offensive line play tonight, Lance?
1: I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, and I, and I think Collinsworth. Showed a great illustration. There was a play where Doug Hodges takes a sack. Where I believe it was Vinette, throw, you know, runs a curl route underneath. Where if you make that throw, you get seven yards and it puts you in a better down and distance, and you don't give up sacks. Everything is off when you put in a rookie at the quarterback position. It is hard to block for those type of guys. Their, their pocket presence and awareness is just not good you know offensive line play and sacks and the quarterback it's all it, it's like pitcher catcher it's a battery those guys have to be in rhythm and flow and in concert and i just think that your offensive line is going to struggle more when you have a rookie signal caller they those positions take care of themselves and duck is just there are plays where he bails in the pressure there are plays when he should step up there are plays when he drops too far back in the pocket and invites it's all over the place He's young. And that's why it's gonna look like the pass protection is a little bit inconsistent. But as far as running the football, they've been inconsistent all year. So I don't think that's changed.
0: Shield 91 puts five dollars in the tip chart and says, Jeff, send me to bed with some homer vibes. Lance, stay excellent. Um I, I think if you're looking for any type of homer vibe coming from me tonight, it's the fact that I've still I, I really like the Steelers defense from an adjustment standpoint. The past two weeks, they've gone into halftime. There's been some issues this week. They, you know, were uh, just not stopping the run as consistent as you would like. They weren't getting pressure. Second half, I thought was a lot better. I think this defense is really maturing into a really good unit, if you didn't know that already. Just me says, Hey, Homer, speaking to me on the bright side, I got several compliments on my Pittsburgh finished it shirt. Go Steelers and PTSD. (laughs) Yeah, man. Glad it, glad it worked out for you. Um, Speaking of which, you know, our, our boys, Dave and Brian were at the game. They put up four live stream videos. Kudos to them. They were
1: great. They they were great. I mean, they were, they were great. I had a ball watching those guys. Their personalities work really well together and, and, uh, Who's bad? Brian Anthony Davis was just a ball to watch live. I mean, those guys are hilarious.
0: He has no fear in a public setting. He has no fear going off to random strangers and saying and doing whatever he feels. So they're the good guys, I wish they would have seen a win. It will be interesting to hear from them when they get back into town.
1: So go ahead, Lance. Here's another funny thing. And Dave's brother of the brothers Schofield kept ripping his nephew, Kyle. <laughs> he kept ripping his nephew, Kyle. No, Kyle didn't come. He's never seen a win. <laughs> Absolutely. He, he just kept ripping him.
0: All right, so if Cody Marshall puts $5, and he said Mason would have thrown five interceptions today. The first loss for Hodges is a starter. He can grow from the loss. I think that this team in general is going to grow from the loss. This was a big game on a big stage. This experience, believe it or not, will I feel like if they are going to get into the playoffs, is going to help them down the road.
1: Yeah, they're they're going to
0: have to go on the road. It's not going to be at Heinz Field. I understand that. But ultimately, this is going to help them. Ultimately, it'll help them get better. So we have that going for us in terms of the upcoming playoffs. But let's get right into the numbers, Lance. Let's dive into the game book and see exactly what went wrong from a statistical standpoint.
1: Let's just jump into the most obvious number. And this is why it's hard for me to be the heel this week. And, and, And it's like, I'm sure people are like thrown off because I mysteriously sound pretty positive right it's like okay did they lost the game someone you know,
0: kidnapped lance people you know, night long. Well,
1: and it's because of this number six they are still the sixth seed they are still the sixth seed because the tennessee titans were defeated by the houston texans so this was a game it turns out i mean it's not a house money game you want to win every game you don't want to look at it that way but you know, they lost. They're still in the playoffs. Beat the Jets. Move on to next week. They're still the 6th seed. That is crazy. 8
0: and 6. There you have it. I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um I don't know. We'll see.
1: What else you got, of course, number-wise? The other number, obviously, is four interceptions, five turnovers. But here's the other number. They fumbled it another four times. So they put the ball... In harm's way, a total of nine times, but only turned it over five. Nine times, four fumbles, one lost, four interceptions for four, excuse me, for five turnovers. And that coincides with the infamous number, 21 consecutive games with the turnover.
0: It's 21 now, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like 21.
0: Well, at least they didn't waste long. They wouldn't wait long to do it. They, would, <laughs> they didn't keep it in suspense until the fourth quarter. Now they're like, oh, let's get this out of the way. Let's just chuck this pass down here. And it was like a punt, but still didn't take long. 21 and counting. Um, it, this Steelers offense, I, I don't understand. Okay. Sean Johnson has been talking about this a lot. He puts a dollar $1.99 in the tip jar. We'll bring it up quickly, Lance. He said, "Hodges is starting. Cap can't get can't play. Ignore that. I don't know what to say about the people that want Colin Kaepernick to play, other than we're not getting into the whole workout issue and the fact that Roger Goodell said the other day in an interview that he's moved on from him. I don't know. It Devlin Hodges is our quarterback moving
1: forward. Yeah, it's, 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 it's 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 a it's, it's a moot point. Like that's exactly. that that that's an issue that's not." relevant to the Steelers and there's no one that you're going to pull off the street to go play in a week. What it would be 15 game uh, That's,
0: week 16 is next week year.
1: 16 game where you're on the road. And if you win, you could presumably go to the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. I mean, it's just, it's just not, I don't care if you brought in, you know, you couldn't get Tom Brady off the street, learn the offense, come in and win a road game. It's just not going to happen.
0: Well, do you think because we talked about this via text message before we went live? This dealer's team had so many boneheaded mental breakdowns, physical breakdowns in regards to like the nine potential turnovers, and they only turned it over five times officially. Can this team play a clean brand of football? Are they capable of that?
1: Well, 21 consecutive weeks would say no.
0: Well, I don't even mean I. I it, turning the ball over happens, maybe not 21 games in a row, but I, I, I think about the the penalties, you know, the pre-snap penalties. I, I'm talking about the, like I mentioned earlier, you get that key interception, the very next play, you cough it up. Is this team able to play a clean brand of football?
1: No, they're not. They're, they're, they're not. The numbers suggest that they can't. It It's a case of you have to redefine what you consider clean. So let's let's take it from a penalty perspective. Is clean, elim- from a penalty perspective, is eliminating pre-snap penalties clean? So let's say you have no pre-snap penalty, but you get three PIs. Is that clean? Clean is what Mike Tomlin said. Don't effing kill us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, you know, mental plays. You don't want mental penalties, but sometimes you're going to get physical ones. So it's yeah. kind of how you frame it. But because I, I, I just don't think they'll ever play zero penalties, zero. Well, no, not I just, zero. Yeah. but I mean, I'm
0: just thinking about these, like the Alejandro Villanueva's false start. I'll start. It's just, it, these these killers. They're absolutely killers. Your boy Grayson, he's a regular now. Uh-oh. He's he's Uh-oh. like you. He's a four ninety nine. He says hater <laughs> alert. <laughs> <laughs> Both quarterbacks are the same. Nothing will change until the offensive coordinator improves. Every loss can be put in the offensive performance, plain and simple. There's people that think that this is all based on Randy Feedner, and then there's people that think that Randy Feedner has nothing to work with. Therefore, he's handcuffed. You said earlier in the show that you felt that it was still on Randy Feetner, and if you've listened to our shows and my shows, you know I agree. Riddle me, Riddle me this,
1: Jeff. You've coached before, right? You, you you've coached for years. You coached lacrosse, was a successful lacrosse coach. I've coached baseball, and and, I, and I've had this debate with parents, you know, soccer dads and so on and so forth. And you know, I've always tried to illustrate: you can't blame kids, right? You can't blame kids, and you you definitely can't blame high school kids. You can't blame young kids, and to a certain extent. It flips. It flips somewhat in professional ranks because they're getting paid a lot of money. They're very experienced. They're adults. They've performed. You know, they've played at that level before. But at a certain extent, to me, I always like to tilt it more towards the coaching. Um, I know players have to execute, but you have to put players. So I would say it's fifty-five. I'd say it's like, I don't know, what's the closest, 51 coaches, 49 players. You have to put players in in a position to succeed. If you don't, that's on a coach. We clearly see that there are some throws that he struggles with, Devlin Doug Hodges, and the plan does not seem – it just seems very labored. It's, it's, but he's working with Devlin and Doug Hodges. So, I, you know, I'm going to put it on coaching more than I put it on Devlin.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, if the going close to 50 50 is a good is a good spot as a coach because you have to put them in an opportunity to succeed, yet they have to go out and execute. Um, so for instance, if you look at Hodges' interceptions, the first one was kind of like a punt. Um, not that it's excusable, but you understand it's third down. Uh, you go take a deep shot to James Washington down the sideline, and it was it wasn't the best. Thrown past the Deontay Johnson interception, that clearly was not a good throw. So, in that respect, do you blame Randy Feeder when the, the quarterback doesn't put the ball where he's supposed to? It, right. it, you can have this debate all until we're blue in right. the face. Both can improve. So, yes. it, as as Steeler fans, what you need to do is you need to be able to take a step back from the fanboy mode and say that the whole offense needs to improve play calling down to execution, everything, the offensive line, run blocking, running backs and pass protection, which was an issue tonight. Um You, you know, and, and there's just a lot of things that need improved upon. So it's not so much a, this is the issue. If we fix this, everything else is fine. Randy Feetner could dial up the perfect play. And if the players don't run it properly, it's never going to work. So
1: it's, it, they go hand in hand. Let me, let me, let me, let's stick with this. Let me give you this next number, Jeff. The number six, the Steelers had 12 drives and this, this speaks to coaching in the offense. The Steelers had six drives in the game. Six of those drives, 50% of those were three plays or less. They had one, two, three, four, five, three and outs, excuse me, five, three and outs and one, two-play drive of an interception. So half of their play, half of their drives were three plays or less. The longest drive that they had was late in the game. It was a nine-play drive for 63 yards. So to me, when half of your drives are three plays and less, to me that's on coaching. What's your thought, Jeff?
0: Well, again, I mean – We can, we'd have to nitpick this. We'd have to say, okay, was there a pre-snap penalty to put him behind the chains? Was there a negative play? And now at the same time, you would say that at the pre-snap penalty is not on the coach. You know, like when Devlin Hodges doesn't realize that he has to get set as a receiver, when he goes out into a pattern, like that's it. You might say that's on the coach. I feel like that's on the player. I I look at this and say that, you know, everyone hates the wildcat, but yeah, you shouldn't even be putting it on the field that the run by Jalen Samuels was the absolute worst. It's like minus three, I think. He got the ball, was a horrible play fake, tried to run it off the edge. He just doesn't have the speed for that. So um, when you have that many drives that are three and outs, yeah, that's that's a lot of that's on coaching. Absolutely. But it's not all on coaching. Yes. That's yes. what I'm trying to get to. Yes. I'm yes. not saying that Coach Feetner is – Immune of criti- immune from criticism, trust me. I've given him his fair share of criticism over the past eight games, if not more. But at the same time, there's more to go around than just one person.
1: Let me get into another couple of numbers. Okay. 15 carries, 38 yards passing. We talked about that one, that the play distribution was just really off. But we talked about this defense tonight and their performance. And I think the big difference in this game was the percentage of 43%. That's what the Bills were on third down offense. And there were some third down conversions that the Steelers gave up in this game that you can't give up. I mean, you can't give up, you know, a touchdown pass on what was it, third and nine in the red zone. I mean, you can't You, you can't give up. There's some bad third and longs that they gave up that in a defensive struggle, you've got to force punts. You, you've got to get them off the field, and you've got to give an offense – that struggles to create rhythm more possessions because an offense that can't get rhythm and can't really score needs a bunch of possessions to score. The Steelers need 14, 15, 16 possessions to score. And, you know, I just thought the defense came up a little bit short, giving up 43% on third. Now.
0: Yeah. The defense had some issues tonight. Like I said, they didn't get those three and outs that we were accustomed to seeing. uh, Maybe only a handful there but um ultimately the defense when when you have your offense turns it over five times they did a good job i thought they did a good job in in, in the grand scheme of things um how many turnovers did the steelers end up with i know they had the nelson interception the hilton fumble recovery was there another was one it. i think they okay. only got
1: two i think they only got two um so again that's another number minus 3 in turnover margin um, another number, 67%, the Bills were two or three in the red zone. You know, in a game like this, where points are at a premium, you've got to force field goals in the red zone. You just have to because you you, you have an offense that's scoring 19 points per game. You know, 17 points is almost a death blow for this offense and for this team. You, you just can't give up 67% in the red zone.
0: Right before the touchdown pass to the tight end, I tweeted out, you know, that I felt that this drive, if they scored a touchdown, the way that the offense is playing, it's probably game over. And right. the Steelers had tons right. of opportunities, but it was game over. And I said, if they hold them to a field goal, they're they're going to have a legitimate shot here. They couldn't do it, and that's that was a ball game because they he just never had, unless it was a. Ninka Fitzpatrick scoop and score or a pick six by Joe Hayden. They weren't going to be able to drive down the field and they didn't. Right.
1: Right. They didn't. So, Which, What was your thought on the decision? Because of that, I thought the decision to on the fourth and seven to go for it was a, was a great call. Because I didn't think that they had any faith that if they kicked the field goal, that even if they got it back, that they could drive the length of the field.
0: You're going to need a touchdown anyways. Yeah, and that so, was your best opportunity. Exactly. So if you kick a field goal there, I okay, so now you're down 17-13. It would be one thing if you were trailing by six, and you kick a field goal, and then another field goal would tie it up and send it to overtime. That wasn't the case. So I thought, and we texted each other, you said, you go for it. I said, yeah, you got to go for it. Uh, wasn't crazy about the play call, but. You throw four interceptions,
1: you throw four (laughs) interceptions. Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, but that call, and and that call, and him throwing that interception really illustrates what a rookie quarterback is because James Washington is absolutely wide open. You know, James Washington, I believe that's the play where James Washington runs the drag, and I think James Washington is wide open on the play but he throws the interception. No, yeah, that's the interception, yeah, where he was targeting Deion Kane, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and he throws the interception. James Washington is running a shallow cross. If you hit James Washington, you pick it up. And that's the difference between a vet and a guy in Mason Rudolph and or Devlin Duck Hodges. Let me give you a couple of numbers. I'm going to give you both of them at the same time. Time of possession, 2740, so it was a bit tilted. And they only got one sack in this game. And I'm really surprised that they got one sack, considering the level of pressure that the Ravens were able to get on Josh Allen and his Buffalo offense. I was really disappointed in the fact that they only got one sack. I thought they got good pressure, but they only got one sack. How many quarterback hits? Uh, Let me look at the quarterback hits here. They got five quarterback hits. Uh, Vince Williams had two of those. T.J. Watt had two and Stephen Nelson, excuse me, no, not Stephen Nelson, and Cameron Hayward at a quarterback hit. Cameron Hayward was all over the field. He had a great right. game. So they, they had only great- had – so this was low for them. I mean, they had five quarterback kicks and one sack. I mean, that's a, that's a low for this defense.
0: It, it was a really strange game in a lot of different ways. It really was. And the things that we thought were going to happen, a lot of them didn't take place, uh, but at the same time, you know, we both predicted that the Steelers streak probably wasn't going to end of playing a clean brand of football. So uh, I'm not too down on the Steelers right now because, like we talked about earlier, the te- the Titans did lose. That gives them a little bit of breathing room. But at the same time, just wasn't good enough. Uh, Sean puts $5 in the tip jar. He says, I finally got to see you live. My question is, we are here. <laughs> We are, we are moving forward, I think is what he meant to say. I don't even know what that is, to be honest with you, and that's not about the question. I don't even know
1: what the Steelers are moving forward. Oh, I, I don't do. know. I know what, what the Steelers are. What's that? They're what you saw tonight. They're a very good defensive team. They're a team that turns the football over, and they're a team that struggles on offense. I mean, that's what they are, and they're a team that has to win on defense.
0: No, oh, you're right. And so, you know, Viper puts $5 in the tip chart. says, they showed a stat tonight. Last year, the Steelers were first in red zone offense this year. They're last. They can't even make it to the red zone, LOL.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean you're absolutely right, Viper. I mean, I've been talking about it, and we've been talking about it for weeks. They don't get red zone opportunities. It's not, it's not even a case that. They're they're bad in the red zone when they get the attempts, but they don't get a lot of red zone attempts. I don't have the numbers up, but I would guess that they average fewer than two red zone attempts per game. Yeah. I'm going to say like one and a half. I mean, they average 19 a game. You're not getting a lot of red zone attempts when you average 19 points. And now it's probably closer to 18.
0: Quick question for you, Evgeny Crosby. Has been throwing this in the live chat a bunch tonight. It's just, it's just we miss you, Ben, crying emoji, face. Um, I like the praying mantis more. Yeah, more than the crying yeah. emoji. If Ben Roethlisberger were quarterback of this team right now, how you think about the fact that you know no Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner has been banged up? Would it be drastically better? I mean, we know it's going to be better. He's an All-Pro. Well. He, if he's ever been all pro. He's a pro bowler, Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer. Would he be able to get this team, this defense or this offense yes. right? Okay.
1: Absolutely. Right enough to win games. With this Got defense, it. him injected in this offense would be good enough for them to win games. They beat the Bills tonight if they have Ben Roethlisberger. They probably beat the Ravens in the first matchup if they have Ben Roethlisberger. With this defense and the amount of turnovers that you could give Ben Roethlisberger, yes, the Steelers would be at least two games better.
0: Well, Ben would be calling the plays too, so we wouldn't be in Randyland so much. Randy well, land is not a fun place.
1: You know, I don't know, you know, leave it. Well, I'm not going to say anything bad about Ben Roethlisberger. It was, <laughs> it, was, it, was go, it was starting to come out of my mouth. I'm going to stay positive. I'm not going to put on the hater cape. So I'm going to stay positive. But if they have Ben Roethlisberger and that's the, probably the frustrating thing for Steeler nation is if you put seven with this defense, you can clearly see that they have at least two more wins. This is probably a 10 win, 11 win team that could do damage in the playoffs because they got a defense that could keep you in games.
0: See, I look at this, and if, you know, Buffalo's a 10 win team, can't take that away from them. You know, they don't have a great offense. They do like to run the football. If the Steelers just don't turn it over five times, five times, there's a good there's a good chance that they win this
1: football game. The interception, you know, that interception that White picked off, I mean, that was the backbreaker. I mean, they're driving. At least you get up 13-10. Yeah. And, and you make Buffalo have to play a different type of game. Um, You know, it's tough. Tough loss. Stephen Nelson gives up one play. Yeah, and that's what it is in a game like this. It's one play. It's one play here or there. It's a penalty. It's I mean, you can't give you can't give Buffalo five five extra possessions. You
0: just that's, can't do it. that's the thing. In the playoffs, if the Steelers could clean it up a little bit, they could be in games against almost anyone because their defense, in my opinion, is that good. So if they to, if they had to go to Kansas City, this defense will give Patrick Mahomes some headaches. They're still gonna get theirs because they're that good but the the offense is not going to be able to just cough it up. Sean gives us $2 in the tip jar and says, can we make the playoffs after this game? Absolutely. If you missed the beginning of the show, we talked about it briefly. We said if the Steelers win their next two, it doesn't matter what anyone else does. They're in, but if they lose one,
1: then that gets really hairy.
0: I I want to say though,
1: they're going to limp in Jeff and I'm being super positive. They're going to limp in Jeff.
0: well, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Lance. And I have to look at the scenarios. I want to say that if the Steelers win in Week 16 and the Titans lose, then I think it's I think a it's, wrap. I think it's
1: it, this Week 17 might not mean anything, so I don't know. I think it's a wrap because they already have a better conference record, um, so it might be a wrap. Yeah, because great. because here's the thing, I, I, I think I think the Titans and and that game is in Tennessee, which will be tough for New Orleans. I'm going on the road, playing in cold weather in Tennessee. So that makes it, I think, a bit more even. But I think the Titans are going to lose their next two games, and I think the Steelers are going to just kind of backdoor it in. Just got to get in, man. Just got to get in. Just punch
0: that ticket. Just punch that ticket. So, all right, um, what else you got in terms of numbers? That was all the numbers that I had. All right. So now we have – a, a weird week, we haven't experienced this too much. It's been since week 11 since the Steelers have lost a game. And shockingly, the game that they lost in week 11 was minus the brawl at the end was very similar in terms of a lot of turnovers, sloppy. A game that if they don't turn the ball over as much, they probably win. Let's see how this team bounces back. They're not going to be playing any more games at Heinz Field. Heinz Field's a wrap. Take the field up, throw it away, whatever you're going to do with it. And now the Steelers go to road dog mode where they're gonna be on the road for the rest of their season. Whether that's two more games or beyond, only time will tell. But they have the New York Jets next week, Le'Veon Bell. Lance, does that get your
1: does that get the blood pumping
0: a little bit for the guys or what?
1: I I think so. I think they'll be juiced to uh you know, Mr. Butt naked and Rob to give him a little comeuppance. (laughs) Le'Veon has to be. Le'Veon has to be. I mean, he he likes the money, obviously, but uh his situation with the Jets is terrible. He's not really being utilized. He doesn't look motivated. I don't even think Ad, Ad, you know Adam Gase wants him there. Um, you know, I'm sure they're going to be putting licks on Le'Veon and, and, and saying things to him while they put licks on.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see. I hope that T.J. Watt or Bud Dupree or someone gets a nice blindside hit on him. He's just say, "Hey, thanks for last year, jerk." So, <laughs> all right, with that said, Lance, any parting comments to the Steelers faithful out there that are
1: licking their wounds after the 17-10 loss? I mean, look, they're still the sixth seed. I mean, no harm, no foul. I mean, you might – I mean, obviously, if they had won today, you know, it gives them a better opportunity to get in the playoffs. They're the five seeds. You beat the Jets, you're in. But there is still a path to the – Super. not a path to the Super Bowl, a path to the playoffs. Win your next game. They still control your destiny. And if you control your destiny in the National Football League, that's a good position to be in. You'd rather be the Steelers than Tennessee. That's for sure. So go beat a bad Jets team. Get after Sam Darnold. Get your ninth win and go to the playoffs. Uh,
0: I hope. I hope so. In the meantime, we hope that you do us a favor and that's like the video comment on the videos um it's a nice little community we have here in the live chat and then also don't forget to subscribe subscribe to the channel and then turn on your notifications hit that bell and you can set them up whether it's a push button notification or if you want an email notification it's totally up to you that way you never miss a live show we're back to regular weeks this week um the pittsburgh steelers hangover the steelers hangover will be tomorrow night with brian and tony and they'll have a lot to share. Tony met up with Brian for the first time. They met for the first time outside Heinz Field tonight, which was pretty cool to see. They did that on YouTube. Uh, and then we have our regular week: Steelers Stat Geek, Standards, of standards, Steelers Preview. Yeah, I said it. Steelers burning question. And then we're right back here next Sunday after a one o'clock kickoff against the. Well, New let York me ask State. you a
1: quick question, Jeff. What's up? And, and you can you can wax poetic on if you want. I know it's late for you. Um, is the fan base turning on Juju?
0: Oh yeah. Okay. He's without, without a doubt. And I, t- I told you this a couple weeks ago. Did,
1: did, did he do anything to, to warrant that other than being hurt?
0: Uh the going 108 miles an hour and posting on Instagram uh did not help. Uh people saw that as I think people saw that as like a this is a Mr. Third and Fifth precursor. But uh-huh. everything everything else he that he's done is Not you know, I mean he puts himself out there in a lot of different ways. You know, he puts himself out there playing video games on Instagram and in his stories. And when you're doing that and you're winning, and when you're doing that and you're playing well and you're scoring touchdowns, fans don't care when you're hurt and you're fumbling balls in crucial situations, which has happened the last two years, people start to people start to get a little worrisome and they start to kind of Feel like, okay, what's this guy doing? So he needs to come back.
1: Sort of getting your playbook. Why why aren't you in your playbook? They're losing. You should be at home studying film for 48 hours in a day. Okay.
0: I mean, I was fine with people criticizing Le'Veon Bell's rapping career because his rapping career is awful. Um, But, (laughs) you know, it's really bad. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, gaming for him is an actual revenue stream, believe it or not. So guys making money on the side. I can't hate him for that. He can't play right now because of his injury. So um, you know, it, it's one of those situations where it was great while it was great. It was great while it was good. Right, right. But right. now that things are he's hurt, people point to the fumbles, changing a little bit. He can get back in their good graces really quick. He just has to yeah. get back on the football field.
1: Yeah. You think he'll you think he'll suit up next week?
0: No. I think I think the next time you'll see Gigi Smith Schuster is if they make the playoffs in the first round. Mm-hmm. Him coming back, practicing, and then reaggravating the knee tells me a lot about his injury. Uh, according to Jim Wexel, Steel City Insider, it's a PCL. Mm-hmm. Um and that's the injury that uh Troy Palomalu had yeah. Uh, yeah. that one year. And it, it stems from uh, it, it can stem from other Lower body injuries, for instance, that was the year that uh Palomalu strained his Achilles tendon. You tend to favor that leg and not push it as much, and that can lead to knee issues. Juju had that toe and ankle injury earlier in the year, that's probably where this came from. But it's, I I would say that if if Juju is you know, people are pointing, look at here, right here, perfect example. Bill Smith, Juju was smiling after the loss. (laughs) The, The guy can't smile, I mean. No, I don't. People, can. people are, people, are uh, people will nitpick. Well, you know, there you go. Yeah, he, and how many people in the live chat tonight have said Duck Hodges is done? Move on. It. They, these were the same people, majority of them that were, you know, crying for Duck during the Mason Rudolph days. So there you go.
1: You're flicking the duck. There you go. <laughs> so we got props in the show. You gotta you love it. You got to like the show and subscribe just for the props and the flicking of the duck in the air <laughs> and for the great new sound quality. But are you ready to call it a night, Jeff?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I still have some work to do, but yeah, we're going to call it a night. Thank you for everyone that tuned in late night. Lance, thanks for joining me. I thought I was going to do it by myself. I might've fallen asleep without you. So appreciate that. Um, make sure you follow us on behind the for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And then make sure you, like I said, like the channel subscribe to the channel turn on those notifications so you don't miss anything it's only going to get better right lance we
1: hope oh it's absolutely going to get better they're going to the playoffs i like the- it architape book it all right why don't you send us off lance and as always good people tune in tell a friend and subscribe all right everyone have a good one we'll see you next time on another
0: episode of the steelers Game.
1: we are
0: actuaries in a world filled with unpredictability